Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. Hello again. So wonderful that I can speak to you and that you're listening to this broadcast, to this message. And I'm so very thankful that we can dive together into the wonderful life of Elijah. I think one of my favorite heroes in the Bible, well, I have many, I should say, but Elijah sure is on the top there in the list that I have because, wow, his life. And to know that he was a man like you and like me with faults, mistakes, failings, fallings, but yet at the same time, how he was used in such a mighty way, standing there, alone on the top of that Mount Carmel against all those priests of Baal and of uh, the idols and the atmosphere that must have been there, of the evil spirits that were in them and that they were serving because the serving of idols is the serving of evil spirits and they would have manifested there. I tell you, in the many travels around the world that I've made, I went to these nations of these idol worshipers and I've seen these temples and and how they bow down and sacrifice to statues. And the Bible says as they bow down before statues and they sacrifice to statues, they are in actuality serving evil spirits. And I felt that presence of these evil spirits. And I tell you, that's a force to be reckoned with. That's not just a simple thing. We're not just fighting against men. No, the Bible says we are not fighting against flesh and blood. We are fighting against powers and principalities that are in the sky. We are fighting against the devil and his demons. And it's awful when you come into these dark places and these men are against you and they serve their God. Well, I must say that they serve their gods, but their gods don't serve them. They have to put the God on the pedestal, because if the God falls down that statue, the God cannot raise himself up. If he can't even raise himself up, how can he help the people? But yet they serve him and they sacrifice to him. And there is a presence there. I tell you, there's an evil darkness there as they worship these gods because they are worshiping evil spirits and spirits of darkness. And you feel that presence and they are horrible and they have power and might. And so we must be aware that we are always in Christ and always under the protection of the blood because it's not just in the jungles of Africa or maybe in the inlands of India where we see these manifestations of evil spirits. No, they are all over the world. And in some countries, they look so distinguished and they're wearing a tie and a suit, but yet there is an evil force and an evil spirit that's present there. And through the Holy Spirit, we can have discernment and we can know it. And so Elijah, he had to face these evil powers of darkness. And there was that King Ahab and Jezebel, his wife, that were there. And they were such evil, evil, such an evil duo working together to bring all of Israel in idolatry. And they were paying out of their own pocket all these priests that were there to serve the Baal and serve the Astartes, and they were so in it wholeheartedly in that darkness and evil thing that I tell you, Elijah was standing there against them. Well, let's just go a little bit back to the beginning of the story. It will take a few sessions, 
before we come to Mount Carmel, but we do want to come to Mount Carmel, but we need to go back a little bit because there are other things that lead to a moment on Mount Carmel. Don't think that Mount Carmel just was there out of nothing, out of the blue. Suddenly, Mount Carmel was there. It took years for the Lord to prepare and to make the hearts right and for the moment to be ripe for that moment of Mount Carmel to be there and that it had the effect and the impact that it had. If the Lord would have just given it out of the blue at some other moment, it would never have had that impact that it had. And so remember, as the Lord is preparing even today to give a great breakthrough in this world where we see all this darkness and we see these strongholds of evil spirits and we see how there are many who serve these evil spirits, who are full of these evil spirits, who are doing things that are bringing nations into idolatry and into rebellion and opposition of the Lord, that the Lord is also preparing to give a mighty breakthrough. But that breakthrough will not just come out of the blue. There is a preparation. There are things that need to be done and be set right before that moment of Mount Carmel can come in our days, that it will have that same kind of an impact. It looked like the worship of Jehovah would never come back again. If I go into the story now in Elijah's day, it looked like that worship, the true worship of Jehovah would never come back again in its beauty or in its power as it once was. And the main characters of the story that I want to deal with in today and in the coming uh, sessions are Ahab. Well, Ahab, he was convinced that that day would not come back of the true worship. He hated the God of Israel. He had given his soul, his heart to Baal and to the Astartes. His queen next to him, Jezebel, she was sure of the matter. She was an evil, evil woman, and together they were the terrible duo, you know, that really brought the nation in destruction. Well, there are the false prophets, and they were living, well, they were living the life because they had the power, they had the position, they had the place, they had taken over those holy places that were sanctified to the Lord once they had taken it over, and they were serving Baal and the Astartes there, and they were paid a royal salary, and they had power over the people, and they felt so mighty and so powerful. And, you know, the real priests and prophets of the Lord, they had been killed, slaughtered, murdered, or they were hiding in caves. Oh, it's a terrible situation, I tell you. And if you think of the situation today, we find many similarities. Well, the true remnant of the hidden disciples of the Lord, they also thought that that day would never return that true worship would come back, the worship of the God of Abram, Isaac, and Jacob. They did not believe that they would come again because the strongholds of the enemy had taken over the land and all the high places that were there where they were sacrificing to idols and their king Ahab and his wife Jezebel surrounded by all those idol priests. Oh, they were in such power and they were in their time of might and in their time of strength. And the prophets of the Lord, they were hiding in caves and in the desert, and it looked like God was dead. And I think many of these people, they thought God was dead. The main population of Israel, they, they did not think of the Lord anymore. They did not serve the Lord anymore. 
And they thought God was not there anymore and that he would not show his face anymore and that his word was not made true anymore. And Ahab and his wife, they thought they had nothing to worry about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that he was long gone, that he was some ancient God that his forefathers served, but for him, oh, he was serving Baal, he was serving the Astartes, and he had all society the way that he wanted to have it. And so I think it's a terrible situation in that day. And many will feel, oh, John, they will say, John, it feels like it's the same today. If I look to my government, there's nothing left of God or his word in the government anymore. If I look to the school system, they have taken prayer away. They have taken the Bible away. Oh, they have all these other religions there, but there is nothing there anymore of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Oh, if I look to my workplace, if I look to society, if I look to my family, none of my family are worshiping the Lord anymore. They are just serving themselves. They have things in their house, idols. I cannot believe it that they think it's a beautiful statue or something, but they are serving evil spirits. Oh, John, I feel so that we are living in similar times as Elijah was living. Well, I tell you, It is a terrible time now as it was in that day. But the Lord, he is not dead. When man has done everything man can, when the enemy has done everything the enemy can, when the enemy has brought it to its deepest and darkest point, when we have prayed every prayer we know how to pray, when we have done everything we know what to do, And we have come to the end of the line that we say, John, I just don't know what to pray, what to say, how to evangelize, what to do anymore. They don't want to listen. They don't want to hear. Oh, they are just serving their false gods. Oh, they feel so high and mighty upon their place where they are serving their gods, their money, their finances. They don't need the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob anymore. They don't believe he is alive. They don't believe he is the creator. Oh, they don't believe that God will ever hold them accountable. They don't believe in that great judgment day that they will be standing before the throne of God and that their whole life will be presented before them and that they have nothing to plead upon. They have nothing to show for. They have nothing to give because all their own works, oh, they just fall and burn on the ground. There's nothing left of it. It's only because of Jesus. If you have Jesus in your life, if you're washed by the blood, if you're standing there before the judgment throne of God, it's only if Jesus is standing there and saying, oh, that person is washed in my blood. Oh, I've paid the price for that person. That's the only way you can stand there and keep standing and that you are safe. But I tell you, many people don't believe in that day anymore, that that day is still coming, but that day is coming. And so when we come to our end, when the enemy is reigning and ruling and feeling so mighty and strong, and it feels like the darkest hour is there and the deepest point is there, oh, that is where God starts to work. That's where God starts to move. And let me tell you something, and it's a truth. Read your Bible and you know it's a truth that God in one blow can turn everything around that has done and that has been built without him, or that man has done without his counsel, that man has done without keeping God in that place of being God, where the enemy has done and built the strongholds he put down with one blow. In one day, God can bring it all down. 
God can change it all. I believe he has done it in the past. I feel his power right now here in the studio as I'm saying these words that I tell you for your life, but also broader than that for your nation, for this world today, God is still able to bring a change that goes beyond our mind, our understanding. Oh, it doesn't matter how strong the stronghold of the enemy is. It doesn't matter how those men are in government or in high places standing there full of the power of the evil one thinking that they have won, already singing their victory song. I tell you, it's not finished yet. Maybe they have finished their chapter. Maybe you have finished your chapter, but God can write a new chapter. The book is not closed yet. God can write a new chapter. And in that chapter that he writes right now, he can change and undo everything that man has written, that the enemy has written and done. Oh, hallelujah. I want to speak in new tongues right now. I want to glorify God right now and want to say, praise you, Father. You are the mighty one. You are the glorious one. You are the beginning. You are the ending. You are alive today forevermore. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. I praise you this day that all things are possible with you and you have made all things possible. Oh, we read of Israel how it's running after these idols. We read how they have cast away God and the service of God because they have banished the prophets of the Lord. They have banished the wonderful places of the Lord. How had it come to this? How is it possible that a nation that was serving the Lord in the time of David and even in the beginning time of Solomon, how is it possible that that nation in such high point, such glory time when the Lord was their king, that it could fall into such depth. Well, in the time of King Solomon, the kingdom had split into two parts, and the south was being led by Rehoboam, at least that's how we say the name, and the north was being led by King Jeroboam. And Jeroboam was afraid that his people from the area that he was king over that they would not stay loyal to him if they would go to Jerusalem two or three times a year to sacrifice to the Lord and to serve the Lord. So he raises up two temples in his own area where he is king, one in Dan and one in Bethel, one in the north, one in the south. And in those temples, he places a golden calf so the people of God, of Israel, can worship God through the shape, the form of that golden calf that eats hay. Well, this was breaking the second commandment, of course, of the Ten Commandments, where it forbid the Israelites to make a statue and to bow before it and to worship it. But this king, Jerobeam, he was doing it because he was afraid that he would lose the people's loyalty if they would go to Jerusalem. And so here we see the start of how this king is bringing the people into idolatry. And of course, many of the people, they would say, well, this is what the king wants, so we will obey him. Others would say, well, this is convenient. We don't have to go all the way to Jerusalem anymore. Life is so busy. And I see the same tendency even in our days, that people are breaking away from their commitment to a local church body. They are breaking away from their service to the Lord. And 
I could I could spend much time here, and I don't want to do that. But they are breaking away of the word of the Lord. They are breaking away of reading the Bible to their children, of spending time in prayer with their husband, their wife, and their children, because it's more convenient this way. It's easier this way. But I tell you, they are opening the door. You are opening the door from the enemy of putting his foot down and building a stronghold in your life that will break you away from the service to the living God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so, well, Jeroboam, he, with a lot of bloodshed, gives the kingdom to his son, Omri, and Ahab, the son of Omri, takes over, and he becomes king in his place. And it says about Ahab in 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 33, Ahab also made the Asarah, and Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel than all the kings of Israel who were before him. This was a evil man. And it was not just because he was a strong man. It was also because he was a weak man that was being manipulated by his wife Jezebel, who was a terrible, I would say, well, we would call her a witch, I think. She was such a terrible woman who was full of this evil spirits and who was bringing this idol worship, paying these false priests out of her own pocket. And she felt so mighty and so glorious there. And Jezebel, together with Ahab, they brought the people into idolatry and they broke down the true worship places, the places where they were worshiping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they were bringing the people in idolatry and they were worshiping the Baal and the Astartes, and they were assigning priests, and they were killing the faithful ones to the Lord. They were killing the priests and the prophets, and so priests and prophets, the true ones, they were hiding in caves, and they were hiding so well, 7,000 of them, that even Elijah didn't know that they existed. Well, I'm going to close here for today because my time is finished. And we are right in the middle of this story. I know I'm not leaving you at a positive high point, but in the next session, I tell you, we will go to that high point because we will go to the secret of the strength, the source of the strength of Elijah. And I tell you, this is an important message for you and for me because we also need to drink from that source. We also need the strength of that source facing what we are facing in our days, we need to teach our children, and we have such an important place to teach our children who that source of strength is, what the strength of God is in our life, and what it can do and accomplish if we just live out of it, if it can flow through us. And I want to pray for that right now. You don't have to wait till the next session to receive that strength in your life. Let's go to that source right now. It's readily available to us right now as we go to the Lord God Almighty. Lord, you are our source. You are our strength. You are with us. We are facing opposition today. We see strongholds today of the enemy. We see the idol worship today. We see how man has left you today. Oh Lord, how can we face them and these strongholds of the enemy if we are working out of our own strength? No, Lord, it is impossible. We can only do it if we are connected to you, if we are connected to the source of life, to the one who is the beginning and the end. Oh, Lord, that new chapter 
that you are riding today to change everything again and to break down the works of the enemy. Oh, I pray that this generation and the next will connect to you, connect to the source of life, connect to the source of strength as we learn of Elijah, how he was connected to you and how through him you brought down this evil kingdom and how you brought down these evil priests and these evil idolatries. Oh, in the name of Jesus, I pray today for my listener, oh, that they will feel strengthened, that they will feel empowered, that they will connect to you, Lord, and that you will flow through them. It doesn't matter how many mistakes we have made, how we have failed and how we have fallen. Today, Lord, there is grace and forgiveness through the blood of Jesus. Today, we can reconnect to you, Lord. Today, we can connect with your heart. We can connect with you and your strength will flow through us. You will give us wisdom. You will help us. You will bring us to a carmel moment, Lord, where the fire from heaven will come down in a wonderful way. The glory of the Lord will be made visible and be manifested in our midst and how the works of the enemy will be broken down and how people's hearts will again turn to you, Lord. I pray for this strength and this power that can only come from you, that it will come into the believers today, into your church today, in a wonderful, glorious, new way, Lord, and that it will be just as the days of old. Hallelujah. Bless my listener right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com. 